Hi, and welcome to Bootstrap, The Lighter Side, where entrepreneurs who have grown successful startups from the ground up share their inspiring stories. In each episode, you'll hear from accomplished founders about starting a business, managing a runway, and raising capital on their terms. I am Melissa Widner, the CEO of Lighter Capital, a leader in founder-friendly, non-dilutive funding. Visit lightercapital.com to learn more. On today's show, I'm talking to Gokhan Erkowan, the co-founder and CEO of Store Automator, one of Lighter Capital's portfolio companies. Gokhan, welcome. Could you give our listeners a brief description of Store Automator, what you do? Yeah, so this question is asked many times, and I still didn't figure it out exactly. This it's not a simple answer, is it? <laughs> it's not It's not simple because uh, we have really uh, in a vertical that kind of complex. Uh, there are a lot of details that get into what we do and uh, explaining all that things to somebody not from this uh, vertical. It's sometimes tricky, but... Um, you know, one of my team members, uh, our company's uh, CRO, uh, come up with a good actual, actual explanation to anybody to kind of understand what we really do. So basically, uh, Stotimator, it's a SaaS solution uh, in the e-commerce space. If you think about e-commerce, e-commerce is a complex operation that involves both the customer-facing sites, uh, marketplaces, but also on the other side, the warehouses, the operations, fulfillment and the shipping and anything in between the marketing, uh, sales, many departments involved in the e-commerce operation. So Storytimator act as almost like a air traffic controller between all these different departments, uh, orchestrate all this data between these different platforms going to the right place. So, you know, basically saying in this analogy, we let the, the planes land to the right place and we also give the information to the planes to take off in the right way so they go to their destination in a safe manner. Okay, great. I love that. I love the analogy. And now you got into this in a bit of a circuitous way. You were, if I understand this correctly, your wife had an e-commerce business and you started helping her with that business. And in that process... You built some tools that would be useful for her and realized that, that there was this hole in the market. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So it was really uh, after we graduated from university, we have our master's uh, and she go and work for a pharmaceutical company for a few years. And then I joined to a, um, a company in the construction field. After a few years working this industry, uh, in this pharmaceutical company, my wife decided to leave the company, start her own business. And at that time, e-commerce was really picking up and she chose to be in this vertical and uh, looking for uh, ways to build a business uh, selling products online. Initially, it was a very small operation. It started actually in our apartment in the, you know, in the third floor of a building. And uh, Were you doing the delivery of the products as well? Were you boxing things and running them to the post office. Yeah, yeah. and again, yeah. e-commerce is an operation both involve uh, the front end, which we call it, the customer facing sites, and the back end, which are the operation, all the you know, packing, shipping, and fulfillment and stuff. 
So uh, basically, we were doing uh, everything. Actually, she was doing originally, but I was kind of helping after the work to help her, you know, get, get her operation running, you know, for marketing, merchandising, uh, and updating the website, and also, you know, updating inventory, making purchasing for the products, uh, you know, all that operation that need to be run. And after she been doing this for, for maybe three years. And I said, let me make sure uh, we are at that point that I can leave my you know, job, you know, uh, and then I can join your forces and then we can build this business uh, even bigger together. So that was like in back in 2000, uh, I think seven. Um, so I, I decided to uh, leave my company uh, and start working together, start to be, you know, growing our business, more team members uh, start to join our company. The operation getting more complex, uh, more products, more channels, more orders, more customers, more countries that we, we start to be shipping to. So uh, with all this complexity, you know, we start to be looking for ways to simplify all this process. Uh, we start to be developing some tools to run our business in a more efficient, feasible ways. That was the foundation of the store automator company's idea and also the product that we can build for our own business later on become a leading solution for the other e-commerce companies in the space. So you you knew you had your initial customer when you started the business um, because it was your your wife. At what point do you say, okay, let's take this and sell it to others? And at what point did you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do full time? This is, I will say, um, even though, you know, after I graduated from the university, I worked for this construction company, definitely I learned a lot uh, when, during my uh, uh, tenure in this company for six years. I worked with great engineers, uh, great uh, business uh, leaders, so I learned a lot from them. But before that, the first, actually, uh, my introduction to being an entrepreneur was uh, through my father. Uh, he was a great role model for me uh, and he teach a lot of things that I always uh, remember every day and apply in every action that I do. Uh, and maybe uh, that was the start for me to be to be enter- entrepreneur. So was the impetus to do that full-time getting your first external customer or was it just a gradual jump into entrepreneurship? It takes us good amount of time because we were only me and my co-founder. Uh, he was the uh, the heading the technical technological side of the business. I was more on the business side uh, and the the knowledge of the space and all the experience that we are having in this uh, other company, you know, infusing into this product. So with our two people team, it takes us to create this uh, solution to a complex problem, it takes us another five years really come up with a a minimum viable product to come up with something that really handle many aspects of our own business. Uh, And until then, we cannot really commercialize the product or introduce the product to the other companies because we didn't believe the product was ready. Maybe until uh, 2013, 2014, we, we were not really introducing the product to anyone, but just like continue uh, 
building it, using it for our own business uh, and kind of make it better and better with each iteration. So at some point, we also think we can build this a little bit faster than we can do two of us. And we have our, our first hire, uh, another engineer uh, based in Turkey, helping my co-founders, you know, continue building the product before we really like commercialize this product to, uh, you know, to the e-commerce community. And today you have hundreds of customers. Um, how did you acquire these? At the time, uh, as part of my other business, uh, which is the e-commerce company that my wife started and I joined later on, I was going the, to different trade shows. And on one of these trade shows, uh, I was walking around and I see one of the company was talking one of the conference attendee about the solution that they have. And this conference attendee was an e-commerce seller, was asking specific questions and which I overheard when I was passing by. And, and I know that we have a solution for these problems. And I decided to talk to this person after he left talking with this company at the booth. And then I uh, explained to him, you know, our company, what we do. And we really want, you know, uh, him to try our solution and test it for his own business. And I really believe it's going to be a good solution for him. And I think he really sees some lights in us uh, and he decided to be become our uh, a beta tester, uh, we can call it. And he started using our solution. He continued, as of today, he's our, still our, our customer. But during that uh, initial period, he was giving also a lot of feedback. Like, you know, uh, you can add this, you can add that, or you can do it this way. Uh, and all that feedback was also very valuable. And um, we continue implementing all this feedback into our solution. And maybe the secret source of our product is, and maybe this is an advantage to be an engineer founder, is uh, we listen to all these feedbacks and we continue infusing them into our product. Yeah, it's so important. I know for my, I am a founder of a software company and to get that feedback from your early customers. And I think back um, our first customer at Seven Software was a company called Visio and their chief information officer you know, ended up being on our advisory board. And I just, I, I can't imagine that we would have had the success we had if we didn't have that early customer, specifically that person in that early business that that worked with us, that worked with us on building our product and giving us feedback and, and working for the company that acquired us down the road. So he, he was really, um, you know, very instrumental and helpful. But it sounds like you came about that, that that was just serendipitous. That wasn't part of a grand plan, but you are um, a really thoughtful person who takes in a lot of information. And I'm listening as I'm listening to how you started this business, you know, you spent five years until you had the perfect product before you went out to customers, which, you know, isn't necessarily always the case. A lot of times you've got people out there selling when it's just an idea on a whiteboard and, and taking orders. But looking back on it, would you recommend that path versus Versus would you have, or would you have launched earlier, you know, giving advice to entrepreneurs today, would you say like, I mean, what I hear from you is you, it had to be perfect before you went out there and, and showed it to an external, you know, potential customer. 
I believe in our case, for us to be comfortable enough and be able to introduce the product and be able to really sell this product, we want to make it like uh, what we envision initially, what solution the product should solve. But, you know, going back, I will definitely act a little bit earlier than the five years. And the reason would be is maybe that initial advisory from other customer may accelerate our product uh, to the market. So that's maybe the only maybe regret, I will say. We may be maybe acting a little bit faster in terms of getting our first customer. But as a first time founder, uh, I mean, yeah. anything you don't know. I mean, things you learn during the process. And, you know, as of today, I still learn. I mean, I still learn a lot of things. And, and you know, when, when the companies grow, uh, their needs change and you learn different types of things. So uh, fair analysis, having a first customer earlier definitely be, will be more helpful in our case. Along those lines, where do you go to get your information? What is your form of learning? Is it books, podcasts, talking to other founders, all of the above? Yeah. Again, I'm a good observant. Uh, I like to listen a lot, maybe talk less. Sometimes they say it's a good thing. But uh, it's kind of rare for a lot of entrepreneurs, (laughs) actually. (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, you know, maybe one of my uh, character is uh, I like to collect a lot of data, analyze them before come up with a decision and execute on that. I, I try to talk a lot of different people that are expert. I try to listen to them. You know, nowadays you can pretty much listen to everybody in a podcast just like this. I like to be going to trade shows, kind of seeing uh, the all the different things coming up, you know, or ideas that coming up. Uh, and then it, I also put all these things into my data filter uh, and analysis. Uh, and that get also into my decision-making process. Uh, of course, with our team, uh, we have tons of knowledge and the data that we also discuss internally. And also as a result, we make decisions and implement that either it is into the product or into our processes now, because now we have a lot of customers. Every of them has different needs. I think all above people, trade shows, books, podcasts, talking with others in the industry and talking internally, discussing uh, and brainstorming with my team. Uh, And I try to stay as curious as possible, even though uh, because of my position, you know, sometimes uh, I like to tell people what to do. And I try to do it less and less uh, when I get older. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I like to find a solution for everybody and save them, which I try to do less and less uh, because that doesn't really help in some cases. So, you know, uh, I'm trying to, you know, becoming uh, better myself uh, every day uh, and getting, keeping myself curious uh, and talking with a lot of people, asking a lot of questions uh, before giving any kind of advice. So. That's part of uh, part of uh, growing as a leader, I will say. Yeah, I think that's a a very good point. I remember early on, I was a CEO of uh, and founder of companies you know, in my twenties, and 
seemed like I would get the best feedback on leadership when I knew the least, because that's when I was out there asking people, because I really didn't know. And and I remember it was sort of a couple aha moments where I had team members say, we really like how you led that conversation. And I thought, oh, that, I, I did a terrible job because I didn't know anything. But actually, it's just a, a lesson in listening versus telling and speaking. But um, I want to dig into two more things. One is your dev team is overseas and you have the advantage of you're from Turkey, your partner is from Turkey. Tell us about managing that and how much of an advantage is it for you that your co-founder is actually located there and that you're from the country? Would you recommend to a founder who's just starting out, needs to bring on a dev team, would you recommend them doing you know, bringing on an offshore dev team if they didn't already have that connection? That's a very tricky question for me uh, because, you know, initially when we started to be building this tool that becomes Storotomator later on, we were really just like thinking about finding a solution for our own company. And one of the things about myself, maybe it's becoming less and less important for me, but with the person that I work with in such an important project, I have to really trust. And uh, being my co-founder that I know of him you know, since childhood, I can really trust. Uh, and uh, maybe that was the initial reason that we started working together and uh, building this product together. Later on, when the product becoming you know, more like something that we can sell. He being there, uh, it was really helpful because, you know, maybe traditionally India was the hub for all these development teams for uh, previous startups or maybe previous uh, technology companies in maybe 90s, 80s, maybe, you know, in early 2000. But uh, last 10 to 15 years, Turkey especially become better and better in terms of providing this service, uh, in addition to maybe Ukraine, uh, Eastern Europe. And just having that already establishment there was very helpful for us. Uh, and when, when we want to grow our team, we can easily grow our team because we have the foundation already. Now we are in 2023, uh, and there are so many tools out there for make this process easier and easier so many different ways that you can connect whether through slack or you know some kind of uh, google meet or you know google docs a lot of cloud solution out there managing project i definitely recommend for a startup with limited resources think about this option because if they find a, a good match it, it may be a very great foundation for that company to grow uh, maybe faster and on the other side, if you look at on the financial side of this equation, with the limited resources, if there's an option uh, such as you know going and pitching and maybe raising some funds, having a cost-effective way to start a business, it's possible to kind of uh, you know looking for that funds in a later stage of the company, which as a founder, it's advantages because we can keep our equity in the company and we can continue innovate without much restriction that you know that funding partner sometimes may put in and you know even though i'm a first time uh 
startup founder, I am talking, I'm learning. Uh, and sometimes, you know, having that uh, early stage funding uh, can be obstacle uh, for companies to flourish and become much better products. So I think, um, you know, uh, I definitely uh, recommend to new startups looking for that options, uh, looking for the teams that they can trust and work together, you know, build relation with them. Yeah, it's fewer and fewer of our portfolio companies. Um, as you know, we've done I think over a thousand rounds of financing now and fewer and fewer that that don't have some team members overseas. Yeah. So let's let's get into capital structure and how you funded your company, because we are lighter capital, we provide non-dilutive funding. Talk about how you funded your business, because you've been at this for a while, mm. successful, hundreds of customers now. How, how did you go about funding it from the early days and then more recently? Sweat equity, I heard, for the first five years. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, in, in, our, in our case, uh, since we have the backup from my, you know, wife's company, and we were kind of building the product. In the meantime, we were supporting uh, the company that building the product uh, because the product was being built for another company. So we can kind of like uh, cover the cost of uh, building the product for a while uh, with the support of this other company. So that basically, you know, the first uh, five to six years of our company until you know we start to be getting some traction and customers. It takes really long time for us, and uh, you know, a company without any kind of uh, revenue coming, it's very hard to obtain that kind of bank loans. Maybe another option would be uh, an SBA loan, but in our case, because of our specific uh, situation, we cannot go that way too, because you know there are some requirements for an SBA loan, and we were not qualified for for that uh, because of our cost, uh, you know, our companies specific situation uh the, the partners pretty much in our case uh, we, we funded ourselves you bootstrapped uh, yeah bootstrap yeah bootstrap basically you know until we we start to be getting some traction some customers uh but at some point also before we kind of uh, really you know uh, growing faster and really generating the, the revenues that the company needs not only developing product, but the supporting the customers. Uh, now also, you know, we start to be uh, building our growth team. You know, that's also a, additional overhead on our company. We actually reach out to one of our friends and uh, we take him as an angel to our company. In this scenario, I will say, you know, uh, we are not like 100, 100% bootstrap, but from the point of view, I mean, this person is another friend that we know for a long time. Uh, almost like a family. So, you know, we kind of uh, feel like uh, we still kind of bootstrap in a way. We didn't have any kind of institutional funding as of today. And, uh, you know, two years ago, almost, I believe now, maybe or one and a half year ago, when we decide to be uh, building our growth team uh, and getting our company into that position that uh, when we go this, go for this uh, VC funding or, or fundraising, our company is ready with every department. Uh, we decided to work with Lighter Capital uh, and Lighter Capital uh, was uh, generous enough working with, with us and making an easy process 
and uh, we get our you know uh, our non-diluted funding uh, for one and a half year ago and then recently uh, we recap that so uh, I mean for our company I think it really serving what the lighter capital idea was behind when they started most probably lighter capital is providing the startups uh, and nine diluted capital so they can extend their uh, funding round at some point in the future we are planning going for funding uh it is in in our roadmap uh but before that uh, working with lighter capital was really helpful for us to be ready for that phase because uh, again as i mentioned earlier myself as a founder i'm kind of a perfectionist uh before jumping into something everything has to be ready so you know during this one and a half year period we restructure our financing department uh, we start to be working with the uh, outside cfo company we revamp our go to market uh, strategy we uh, 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 revisit our site uh, and rebuild our site on a different platform we come up with processes and uh, protocols for all our different departments and how we're going to be running every department you know having that funding you know when the company is still growing and needs uh, additional resources uh, to to continue with the traction uh, was very helpful working with lighter capital for us we love to hear that there's entrepreneurs listening that are are potential entrepreneurs listening that are thinking of starting a business because they're in a situation like yours where they uh, came across a a need and and created a product for a need in fact the the company i started seven software it came out of that where it was it was a product that was actually developed for microsoft for internal use and and my co-founder and i saw that there was you know a broader market for it so it's not an uncommon common story but um what advice would you have for them for somebody who's just thinking about you know i've created something that seems to be working for internal use or i've got this idea what what advice would you have yeah i think i have a couple of maybe different advices uh, from my own experience uh, being an entrepreneur maybe 20 plus years now first of all you know never give up that's very important uh things always take longer than you may plan uh just don't give up uh but still try to keep your focus that's extremely important another thing is don't try to sell something that you believe is not going to solve the problem so that's extremely important because if you believe you solve a problem and you solve it for yourself you know that's the best scenario of course when you go and try to sell to others uh, that belief helps and people can almost read in you that you are so passionate about it so that's extremely important uh, i believe and then another thing is try to stay curious ask questions both externally to people that may give you very good advice or sometimes very bad advice bad advice also good sometimes because then you can compare but also internally listen your team because they have a lot of knowledge about uh, your company they know a lot of internal things that affecting the business so listen to them and continue working with them caring about them extremely important your employee but also caring about your customers and their needs so you can continue building your product uh, and the solution that you offer to them 
just be focused, be uh, resilient, don't give up. Uh, you know, I remember, uh, I mean, being a startup is really a roller coaster and they call it roller coaster. I think it's the definition of being a startup. Uh, there are days that uh, we have three different calls. Uh, one of the calls is about a new customer. The other one is a customer is not happy about something and you have to find a solution for that. And then another customer uh, that just want to start using solution. So it's almost like a roller coaster effect during the day. Uh, you know, if you can keep up with all the emotions up and down, I think you have a you have a heart to be an entrepreneur. Uh, and and maybe one of the biggest reward being an entrepreneur is they say it, it's freedom, and I truly believe that is the freedom and in freedom in a way that is not only the time that but the freedom that you have to build something that you believe and passionately introduce that to the other stuff that's a freedom definition for me actually it come up with a lot of obstacles uh, but i believe rewards is more than the obstacles that give you pain for too so i i definitely recommend being an entrepreneur uh to people that you know they have the heart for it Thanks again to Gokhan Erkowan. To learn more about Store Automator, visit storeautomator.com. That's S-T-O-R-E-A-U-T-O-M-A-T-O-R.com. Ready to fuel your future on your terms? Subscribe to Bootstrap The Lighter Side. You'll get ideas for growing your startup from other successful founders who grew their businesses without giving up equity or control. This podcast can be found on Apple and Google Podcasts or directly at lightercapital.com slash podcast. Until next time, keep your runways long and keep those lights on.